Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And you can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Here's the second half of my chat with Brian Craig. In the first half, we talked about the start of Secret Pants in Swedish. In this part, we talk about specific characters he's done, like fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez and the pro wrestling personality Wink Vavasor, and a little bit more. So here you go. Fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez. Sure. I, yeah. The first, I don't my know, old friend. I don't, I don't know how many times I've ever seen him live, but every once in a while I do go down the rabbit hole of all the videos online and just like... There's not a ton. There's not a ton, not but a ton. I will watch, like three or four. watch and rewatch. Like <laughs> That character to me is so weird, so fun. He's and, got a mind of his own. He, uh, entirely. <laughs> and that's like, like, I'm being a little facetious, but it really is amazing <laughs> to put... A mask on essentially mm-hmm. and just being able to say anything you want in behind a mask being behind a mask is my favorite thing in the world i like if i were an act like an actor actor in the in hollywood or something i would be a character actor for sure, sure. i know i'm no i'm not a leading man i'm a character actor yeah. i can disappear into a role i love it i love disappearing you'll be the police chief of three pages in the yeah, movie like, absolutely um how much of fastball Pitcher Bobby Gutierrez is is he scripted completely like or do you get on stage and like just go like is it does it become it, like, a, a lot of it is thing? none it's weird it's there's a story I heard about how uh, Sarah Bash uh, Sarah Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen mm-hmm. came, uh, did how he did um, the Borat movie okay uh, and he had a team of right this is fascinating to me he had a team of writers writing jokes and then he would memorize all those jokes and just have them in his arsenal and then he would go out into the real world and interact with people and then when a scenario would come up he had this joke to pull out of his uh if i'm making analogies he's got a a quiver of bows and he's pulling arrows out and shooting them and they're landing it's crazy hard like it's crazy hard so to uh to answer your question uh like i have all of fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez, like, it's a very in-depth backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, knowing, uh, and this is so dumb and actory, but, like, <laughs> knowing everything sure, that, absolutely. like, uh, yeah. anchors every, all, all of the stuff is from, like, a, a place inside of him. But I think... Like, every every time Johnny Goodtimes asks me to do a Quizzo Bowl every year, and mm. it's every February, um... And he's like, all right, how about this crazy idea? What if Bob is this? Or what if Bob is that? I'm like, well, Bob, like, Bob exists in his universe. So you have to, like, I have to figure out in my head how the crazy thing you want him to do makes sense in Fastball's world. And then, like, kind of retroactively or or, or reverse engineer why a thing that we're doing exists. Then then it is real to Fastball. And that's the thing in the, you mentioned the the Christopher Guest movies earlier, like, That's that's the script. That's the, exactly the character breakdown, yeah. the the biography of that that's person. That's exactly like it. Yeah. Pages. So it's very Christopher Guest. And then you have fastball's very yeah, the light story, but through yeah. it, but like like but so Chris, he's an outline. Yeah. Fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez is a very 
detailed outline. Mm-hmm. And then bouncing it off in different directions and that. And then I try to keep a, a mental tally of every... Even though I'm the only one that has seen fastball every single time he's done, every truth that he says on stage it stays stays true. true. Okay. It stays true forever, and so which also sounds like a lot of work. And work. so the video you saw of fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez getting punched in in punched in the balls because he's wearing a cup, uh, and he says, "Always wear a cup every day of your life." Every time I do fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez, I'm wearing a cup. Okay. There's never an instance where where I'm not wearing a cup. It never. It there's, almost never comes I, up. I was gonna say, there's no reason for you. I to almost be wearing a never cup reference it anymore. Of... But the fact that fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez always wears a cup, uh, even if I only said that once, the fact that I said it once, it's it might come back. <laughs> Some be like, "Oh, you're wearing a cup right now. Punch him in the nuts." Oh, he's still wearing a cup. Oh, good, he's still wearing a cup. List number three, yeah. punch fastball pitcher in the nuts. Like, yeah, I only do him once or twice a year, but if you punch him in the nuts, he will get a little seasick, but he'll be all right because he's wearing a cup every single day of his life. Uh, and that's a good, in fact, when you ask me the question later, you say, what have you learned? I'm going to say, always wear a cup. It's good advice. You never know. Josh, you never so know when you're going to get So now it's for Brian Craig's character that he always has to wear a cup. <laughs> That's not true. It's a good idea. I'm just saying it's a good idea. I'm not going to say I'm going to hold to it, but it's a good idea. Always wear a cup. So Secret Pants was my entry to Philadelphia Comedy. Yes. And the way I found out about Philadelphia Comedy was Bryce Remsburg is a referee mm-hmm. for professional wrestling companies. And the one company had in his like profile mm-hmm. autobiography part a link to Secret Pants. That's how I yes. found out about Secret Pants. As I start watching this company, Chikara, mm-hmm. and just uh, randomly at one of these shows, and I want to say it was in Reading, mm-hmm. you're just randomly there, and you're generally quite dapper and like decently attired. Oh, thanks, Josh. But you're at a wrestling show, and you're wearing a your suit, normal yeah. suit. And I'm dressed tweed to, to and the whatever nines, it was. Yeah. You know, my brother, I'm like, uh, that's a dude in Bryce's group. What's he here for? Like, mm-hmm. like I've never yeah. seen you before. Like, what, what, what are you doing? And then yeah. it evolves to the point where you are now. I the, remember that show. The corporate... I was handing out business. Like, I was kind of like off to this. You like, would occasionally glad hand. What's, what's the like, load? Of, what, yeah. What's this going on here? And I hand out a business card, and it was kind of like an under like. Because I think I remember bubbling under the surface being with the, yeah. like the internet dorks. The internet okay. dorks being like. This I, guy was handing out business business. cards. Who is this He's guy? got a Shikara logo on his business card. Who is this guy? So it turns out that you are the corporate represent, representative that's now in charge right. of this representative company. Yeah. What? Why? How does this happen? Like, other than, I'm assuming now that you mentioned it earlier, Bryce saying, hey, can you help me with... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and Bryce also knows what my wheelhouse is. So after... Uh, and I will, I will admit... Doing Wing Vavasaur was hard for me mm-hmm. uh, because of how me it is, like how me I looked. Like I'm dressed sure. as myself. Yeah, the, yeah. There's and no, I have established that I there's no difference. I don't in the like look of Wink. I don't like not having a mask on. Uh, I can get on stage as a crazy character. I can walk around. Mm-hmm. I can walk. I in fact I'll be doing it again next week. I can walk around Old City Philadelphia dressed as Ben Franklin and do my little uh, chit chatting with people mm-hmm. and posing for pictures. I have no problem being. An outgoing person, not as myself, but I don't like, like I'm I'm very introverted yeah, as wink myself. Very much looks like you. Yeah, wink looks like me 
Very much. Very uh, much. And so that was tough for me. But after doing fastball for however many years I did it, uh, Bryce is like, oh, Brian's good at just interacting with fans. Like, he can he could talk and kind of, like, riff. Um, improv's not the right word, but, it, I, it, like, ad-libbing and, right. you know, being a character, like, putting a character on. Yeah. Um, so when they had, well, I guess when the, the powers that be behind... Chikara figured out, like, oh, here's the next step in our storyline. We need somebody that can do this character. Bryce, like, oh, I got a guy that can put a mask on and be a character. This is, this would be right in his wheelhouse, which uh, it was tough for me standing in an audience of wrestling fans. Like, I, I grew up as a kid watching wrestling, but then once I kind of aged out of it, I yeah. had no interest in it. <clears throat> and it which I, is not a... Uh, and I also think it's fair to say that the Chikara fan is different yes. than... Yes, oh, Absolutely. Every other pro wrestling fan out there, yes. like there's a entire like insanity to being a Chikara fan on top of for sure. And th- they got most of the best fans in the world, and some really terrible fans. <laughs> like uh, Green, I feel I keep hearing things about the Green Lantern uh, yeah. guy. Uh, he's yeah, kind he, of a he's a tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, he's got he's got <laughs> he's got a reputation. Yeah. Uh, just as a fan, the, the, it's so weird that's, that the yeah, fans... That's a problem. If you're a fan and there's a reputation about you, that's an issue. But also, like, there's fans that have, like, they're at every show, mm-hmm. and, like, you see them, they travel to yeah. all the different shows. It's crazy yeah. how invested those fans are in that promotion. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. Like, I can picture, like, the one guy with the hat, he's wearing a hat, his name's <laughs> Michael or Mikhail or Mikhail or something. Like, he's at every show, and... And like he'll talk to me, uh, but and they're all like a lot of them are very um, like they're more introverted than I am. So yeah. like the, it's it's amazing to interact with those fans. But it was also tough just for me as a person who's inside my, my own head a lot mm-hmm. uh, to be the person with no mask on in a sense. Like I was doing a little bit of a, like I was you know uh, putting it, putting putting airs think, on I think a little your bit voice gets and, a little higher yeah i was doing like, i was doing kind of a snooty uh, upper yeah. crust type of thing which i'm not i was raised very uh, blue collar yeah you you're definitely um you know silver spoon yeah you're running your daddy's business right. and in fact we we got my dad when we shot those that, videos that, that's that my actual dad, dad okay, cool. cuz i look just like my dad <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, and and, my, and Bryce knew that so when the idea of having uh, conrad vivasor mm-hmm. show up at some point uh I was able to talk my dad into who's terrible at acting. My dad is an awful actor. He's bad at line readings. He's even worse at memorizing. Uh, and so for the one shoot we did, like we taped up his lines on the wall behind me with Mondo or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, late, later, yeah, and uh, children. But like you, <laughs> it, within this character, you're, you're forced to do like wrestling commentary, which yeah. I'm assuming is something that you've never done previously. Yeah. But it, it was all right. Bryce kept saying like, the fact that you don't know anything exactly. about it makes that, sense because you don't character. know anything about it. I'm like, all right, I can do that. Calling uh, specific wrestlers snake face or <laughs> yeah. baseball face <laughs> yeah. or whatever other face you have. Yeah. Like, what, like, so that was like me doing the mask thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can talk in this guy's I can be this character and say whatever I want. And like I keep coming back to like being in a mask, the beauty of wearing a mask as fastball or as wink or as whoever, um, being able to like make a meta joke in character is great. Like being on stage, like when I was on stage recently as Fastball uh, and Chip, I know like Chip Chantry is a huge, uh, like a patron of 
of fastball for for mm-hmm. the most part. He gets he gets me gigs a lot. Yeah, he, um, yeah. Good guy, big fan. Um, <laughs> besides, on I I know I know that Chip is a bit of a hypochondriac, and so I'm like so in character. Fastball can say anything. Sure. Uh, in in because the fastball is like this lovable this lovability of, of Adam, and so like he's a dumb idiot. Yeah. And so. He can do like Amelia Bedelia dumb stuff, and you love him. Yeah, he has permission so, to do whatever. Right, like, so I can, I can. He's uh, forgivable. For I can, con- you I do. can congratulate uh, Chip on uh, on his recent marriage as Fastball, and being like, "Oh, she have good health insurance." Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it does. because oh, I was, I was giving, I was giving him a piece of uh, food that I had already taken. Like a, an audience member had taken a bite, and I took a bite. I'm like, "All right, all right, Chip, how? Are you? Hey there, Chip, don't you take a bite of this? Uh, you don't have any." Uh, you're not like hypochondriac or anything, are you? <laughs> you would have no problem putting this uh, piece of food in your mouth those uh, other people's lips would touch it there. Uh, how, much, <laughs> how long do you do Wink? Uh, so I did Wink probably for uh, two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, went to went to all the Philly shows. Went to one or two out-of-town shows. I was say, you're mostly I went to, Yeah, I went like... to the Baltimore show once. Uh, I went to a show in... New York, like I just, uh, I drove to the Baltimore one, but I tagged along in the car with Bryce, um, oh shit, it was Bryce, Sarah Del Rey, me and Sarah Del Rey were in the back of the car, and I think, uh, Eddie Kingston was in the front with Bryce. Okay. So I got to, like, I I felt like I was with Chikara royalty at that point, it was great, and watching, um... Like so, you're familiar with Sarah Del Rey, yes. and she's a, uh, like she has the my favorite thing was just hearing her talk about going to the grocery store, uh, because like she's they're very like her and and uh, and uh, Claudio are very like we're bodybuilders. We keep to this very very strict, very strict diet. diet, and so she, tons of almonds. <laughs> if I remember correctly, and and she while we were driving in the car. Um, it got to the point where she's like, all right, I have to eat now. And she started like immediately like that, started getting just grumpy and moody. And I'm like, she's Louise. Like watching her turn at the point where she should have eaten her next mini meal or whatever. It was great. But she was talking Did about. Did she have it all like ready? She had. Or uh, was it in the trunk? She was sitting there eating oat, like dry oatmeal out of a Ziploc bag with a travel spoon that she keeps sure. if, with her all times. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was just fantastic. And, and uh, then listening to them just having conversations about people they know. And, but now Sarah Del Rey is, she was one of the best female wrestlers yes, in the world. She, and now yeah, she she's is terrific. one of the head trainers for WWE. In WWE, like. In their, tra- yeah, their training she's program like down there. Number two down there, yeah. like, in their school. It's just crazy to yeah. me. Like, and awesome. Yeah. Um, she's great. I, I, I miss hanging out with her. Uh, so, my t- two of my favorite things about doing Wink. Are the things that the audience never really saw? Um, writing the blogs was one of my favorite things because I wrote most of Wink's blogs. Okay. Mike, uh, Mike Quackenbush would give me like, um, we want. <clears throat> here's what we're going for. Like, here's the storyline that Wink's trying to do. Just figure out how to do that. <clears throat> and the one thing um, they were doing the twelve large. Competition, the yeah. twelve large uh, tournament. The tor- the, yeah, there was a huge round robin tournament to crown the first champion. And um, just like the way I do with fastball, like if everything has to make sense in his universe, like the thing, like so, mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way to make 
whatever grading system they came up with, like however like their ranking system, every wrestler was ranked and they had to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how did those rankings come about? That was I had to figure out. I had to explain that to the blog audience uh, in in a bit. So I came up with the Chikarver metrics uh, yes. thing. Uh, that was straight out of me. Like, uh, so I took sabermetrics and I I transposed it on on top of wrestling, which I thought was so hilarious. And so I'm like, oh, what if we waited like in the way that like a two like two strikes is weighted like mm-hmm. in if you go deep into the sabermetrics yeah. in baseball. And this is so like using the phrase inside baseball uh, for this thing we're talking about with baseball. Uh, just for the audience, this is very inside baseball. So sabermetrics, uh, where they kind of like everything gets like a point system, and it's so it gets a little tedious and ridiculous, but it's yeah, amazing. Part of the storyline of your character is within this Chikara barometrics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say incorrectly. Well, it's not a real word, right? But you split and it up, came, and it came from the it came from sabermetrics, which the B like the BR of sabermetrics stood for like baseball reports or something. Yeah. Like it, which a nerdy fan pointed out in you, the message board. The BR stands for baseball something around. Like it's come on, man. You split up the teams. Like you split up a bunch yeah. of like beloved yeah, so that, teams and create new characters. You created the GoBot versions of Transformers for the tag team of ants. <laughs> right. So the so that was essentially uh, Mike said. All right, we're gonna we're gonna split all these people up. Uh, so write a blog about why we're splitting them up. And so I I knew that. Wink doesn't know anything about wrestling, uh, but he's a numbers guy, so he would know sabermetrics. Sabermetrics so, makes sense. Uh, the relationships that these people had to each other, much like in baseball, those relationships you can't quantify. Right. So the relationships in a tag team you can't quantify on this spreadsheet, uh, but two counts, which I thought was the funniest thing in the world. Uh, this guy gets a lot of two counts, so that's going to be weighted higher than this guy that gets, he gets three counts, but he doesn't get that many of them. But this guy gets a lot of two counts. So he's going to be weighted as a better wrestler than the guy who wins matches. <laughs> so stupid. The fact that you wrote it, I'm very pleased, yeah. like, in retrospect. Chicago like... metrics is probably <laughs> one of my favorite things uh, that came out of that is, time as Wink. Is Wink dead? Uh, he was put into I, a I plastic he bag. A... He was put into a garbage bag by a big guy at some at at one point in the yeah, video. But so he's he's dead. Like... I don't. I don't know. Because <laughs> that was I the... I know that I can't ever go to a wrestling show ever again. Was <laughs> um, number five. I, like I don't think it was ever said to me, but I knew. Like as I signed up for the, like when at the beginning, you're of no it, longer. A I'm fan. like, oh, you're I like... can't. Like I've been I'd been to a couple like. Arena shows mm-hmm. when Bryce gave us free tickets earlier on, and so like going to that first show in Reading, I'm like, oh, I can never come back. I can't do this again as me. Right. So like this is me never. Yeah. If you if you and I go to the next Chikara show, then all the kids on the message board will be like, oh, Wink's back. Like yeah, stuff yeah. will go down. Yeah. And I will be spoken conspiracy to. Conspiracy I imagine happen. I'll be spoken to behind the scenes. Right. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Listen, number six. <laughs> Let's play that game. Like. But the other, the the other thing that I loved about doing Wink, and this was behind the scenes that the uh, the fans never got to see, is that I got to become friends with a lot of those guys, mm. and they're like, much like how comedy people are real people. Uh, these <laughs> wrestlers, we? well, they all like, so like they 
they've got their things. Everyone's got their yeah. other stuff. Like we've all got comedy, but we all got our other stuff. All these wrestlers are wrestlers. They're all big wrestling fans or yeah. or bodybuilding but type guys. But they all have like the things that they're fans of. Some of them are very dorky stuff that I can't identify with, like video games and whatever. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, Ultramantis Black, uh, much like me, is a huge uh, fan. Uh, and Mr. Zero, you know Mr. Zero, mm-hmm. right? Mr. Zero and Ultra, Ultraman is Black are both big, like mid-century modern uh, furniture guys. <laughs> so I would, I would be. We bought our uh, the couch, the the love seat that's in the basement, and you'll see it when you go to use the bathroom in the basement. Uh, the love seat uh, in the basement we bought from Mr. Zero. That's fantastic. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would, I would be in the back, like in the. I get the locker room. I was gonna say green room. It's. I mean, that's the the I, world of wrestling. The world of comedy are so. I infinitely prefer. I, I'm really happy you said locker room versus yeah. backstage. Yeah. That that's a thing that bothers me about wrestling. I don't know that I ever saw a locker back there. <laughs> but still, it was almost entirely backstage. I hate, I hate the term backstage for wrestling. But, but it was great. Uh, like I would, and Zia's friends with um, Ultraman's Black. Zia Helty who. Is, large, who knows everyone? Yeah, for, she's yeah. She knows everyone. Photographer for Chikara, yeah. yeah. If you know anything about anything, you know Zia. Yeah. Uh, and so she's friends with Ultraman's Black, and she kind of introduced us. And we and so we would just stand in the back, talking about like lean furniture, like mid-century <laughs> like coffee tables. And he would tell me about like his latest finds, like things that he found at the thrift store. And I told him about this. I just I found an Eames chair for. Uh, $45 at a thrift store. And if anybody who's listening right now uh, understands what finding an Eames chair at a thrift store for $45 means, it's... Yeah, I don't know what Their mind, their head just popped off their body. like, wow. Their head just... I mean, it was like a knockoff Eames chair, obviously. It's not a real one. But... Uh, that's also in the basement. You'll see that. Uh, <laughs> because you because you drank two beers at our house, you're going to have to use the bathroom before you leave. And you're going to get to see some cool furniture. <laughs> Josh. That Ultraman's backlight. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So standing backstage talking to wrestler, a wrestler about furniture was terrific. With giant sleeves of tattoos. Oh, he's, got, he's got the greatest tattoos. Yeah. Um, and And he's, like, he's, like, doing his, like, the resistance, yeah, the resistance bands as he's talking as about. He's talk- <laughs> as fa- oh, I love yeah. it. Just picture that. I love it. That's yeah. fantastic. Again, just for me. That was for you. You can put this on the uh, whatever part of the website if you want to not make this. Uh, it's entirely up to you. I listen to all those too. They seem to just be wrestling themed. Yeah. <laughs> the extras. <laughs> all of the extras go to the side. All the yeah. all the wrestling extras go to the side. That's fine. Um, so back to comedy since we've oh, back to comedy. What have you learned from comedy? Um, <clears throat> I've learned this doing... Co- Here's the thing. All right. It's going to sound awful. It's, I'm going to sound like a jerk saying this, but if I were to impart any wisdom, it would be this. Never be happy. <laughs> right? Like, never be content with your... Like, you. anything you do, you could have done better. Sure. Never being content with what you've produced. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that bugs me. Like, I me- I mentioned the prop board before. Jesus, man. Ugh, it kills me <laughs> how back, like, back slappy everyone is about what a great job everyone did. I feel like I've never done a good job ever. And I will never be, I'll never be happy. 
Sure, okay. I will, my best will never be good enough. And I feel like it's, in some regards, that's a terrible way to go into something. But in some regards, always thinking you can do better yeah. is a great way to make I, I think that's. I think that's definitely a fair way of looking at it because, <clears throat> like, I, I don't think I've ever, I've had shows I've been very proud of and I've done things that I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that worked. But yeah, like there's always there a should always there's be a always but. there should always be a but. This could have done. I could have done <clears throat> this. I could have done that. Right. Like, and I've been like, I've been I've talked I'm friends with a lot of house team members and any like I remember Dan Corkery being unhappy after like coming out of a show and being like, boy, I'm not happy about that. I felt pride. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, good. You should. You shouldn't. You should feel like you could have done better. Yeah. You should always feel like you could have done better. Yeah. And like at a certain point, that's a little destructive. It's a little self-destructive to be like, "I'm never good enough." Sure. And I get that. I agree. Like at a to an extent, everything I say to an extent. But also, like, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be content with the job you just did. Mm-hmm. You should always be striving for more. I mean, it's like I said. It's not a great. <laughs> No, but if you have a show that is, in your mind, perfect, right? Why do another? Like, right. that, 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 I get that sense. Yeah. Like, and and we we were just talking before we turned the mics on about all these scripts that are terrible in this folder, mm-hmm. and God, if I was still do like if I never progressed, right? Which is the part. Good the, God, the point of the like you like, gotta you gotta. Keep progressing. Like see if you're... someone at the beginning. Let's see where they are now. Like, yeah. That's the whole point. That is the that is the premise of your show, like... and I appreciate. It. <laughs> and I, I, while I don't disagree with Joe Moore's uh, criticism of not wanting anyone to see the terrible stuff, just what about what I've done recently? I don't disagree with that, but I do appreciate seeing, especially people that have been doing it for so long. Yeah. I imagine that seeing how terrible I used to be, yeah. and I still think I'm terrible. I'll ne- again, like I said, I'm, I'll never be happy. I mean, let's not think that you're terrible. Let's, mm, let's go a little you bit can, higher than that. You can say terrible. whatever you want, Josh. I know what I am. Um, On a scale of one to ten, let's at least say you're a four. Let's, yeah. <laughs> if terrible is a two, let's say yeah. four or five. Come on. I'm like, I keep. I said I'm, I don't. I lack ambition a little, mm. but I also said I don't like losing. So, like, there's that. Even mi- though you're not that, competitive. Right. I'm not competitive. Like, I'm not going out of my way to try, but if I'm going to start doing something, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. And I feel like I wish if it's worth doing, it's doing right was the motto that more people had. Sure. Um, that, I feel like, is a, the takeaway that I want people to, to get from me. Uh, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Um, keep editing. Mm-hmm. Never stop editing. Until you over-edit, which is a thing I've certainly done before. Uh, over-editing is a problem, but you'll figure it out. Uh, there's <laughs> one There's oh, one sketch. Whatever. Uh, so you mentioned when Rob Banowitz tore off the first two pages of your sketch. Yeah. We had a, a Swedish had a sketch once um, where it was, like, I felt like the first two pages, it was about uh, having a new pet. Uh, it was a, a family that had a, just had a baby, and they just had a kitten. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, like, oh, well, your porn name is 
you're the street you grew up on mm-hmm. and you're the name of your first pet. Yep. So this baby that you just had, you better name that pet something cool. Okay. Like that better be good premise. Got, yeah. So that that was the premise of the sketch. Um but then we're like, all right, well, I feel like we're over-explaining at the beginning. Everyone gets this, right? Right. And then so we took out literally the first page and a half. And we like we just chopped it. And then we started it right into like, all right, so what are you going to like? And and we're like, oh, the audience doesn't understand what. Right. <laughs> we cut off too there, much. There, you might have left a paragraph yeah. that you. Like, we should have had some hey, exposition. Hey, name. Let's go. Let's we, go with that. We cut out all the exposition. You guys just, in the audience know about porn name, right? Like. And we started this is where we're getting to. We started in media res <laughs> to throw another uh, college term at you. Um, yeah, that was the, that was an editing misstep. But beyond that, like, take a red pen to everything. Yeah. Keep taking a red pen. Uh, never be happy with what with your most recent draft. <laughs> Keep uh, doing it. Keep fixing it. And I mean, you mentioned so many reasons, but why do you keep doing this? Why? Uh, like, as much as we... Like, Secret Pants down. isn't as active as it once was. Right. And we're not in L.A. Yeah. You're a f- Here's comedy the- troupe in Philadelphia, five friends, two guys that show up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mainly, your big show, your big blow-off is a Christmas show. Yeah. Which, putting on a major show, busiest time of the year, is just bananas yeah, to me. Yeah, I don't recommend that. <clears throat> it's you're a, still doing it in a few weeks. The like, audience keep telling us how much... It means to them. Entirely just for me at uh, this point. Like, um, so uh, this, and I'll announce the date, but we don't have a title yet. December 22nd. December 22nd. It's I, a Friday. They, fi- they finally gave I us a Friday. That. And I know a couple of the acts okay. involved. Brian Kelly spilled some beans for okay. me. Uh, I won't oh, say those out We're not though. final. Nothing's finalized yet. Uh, today we were talking about a name because the <laughs> Johnny Brent is already... You need to put it up on the website. Yeah, they, and... they want to start selling tickets. <laughs> <laughs> But um, why do I keep doing it? This is, I mentioned being control freak, and I mentioned having kind of not being able to turn shit off in my brain. Mm. Um, This is the only voice I really have to say anything, um, more or less. And I am realistic enough to know that my talent, I... Well, I'm good. Like I'm good at doing this. I'm not going on TV. Like I'm not gonna move. I'm not gonna be the guy that moves to LA and gets a Warren job. Michaels and, is yeah. gonna snatch you out of the crowd. And... Right. And even if I'm close, like I'd have to work harder at that. I'd have to build that muscle a little stronger, and I'd have to move. And I don't want. Right. I don't want. I have a. I'm rooted. And feel, yeah. Yeah. I'm 35 years old, and I got my roots. And I, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm gonna make it. Right. Uh, and so I've. Resigned myself isn't the right word. I haven't resigned myself. But I know... I know that I have things to say about life, Mm -hmm. right? And this is really the only outlet I have to do it. Okay. Like, I've got, you know, my hobbies outside of this. Not much. I don't have a ton of hobbies. I like like vintage furniture, and (laughs) I'm good at sewing and making uh, stuff. Right. I'm a maker, um, which is probably a topic for a separate pro- podcast at some point. Um, I could start telling people how to make stuff. <laughs> like that's a job I could probably do. Get cardboard. Step one, cardboard. <clears throat> I feel like that's like a DIY, DIY network show. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
comedy props. Mm-hmm. Here we yeah. go. Let's do but it. But I think Amy Sedaris is kind of. Uh, I <laughs> that's already. I haven't watched it yet either. I'm excited to I watch it though. Um, but yeah, uh, so like I have, and in, in the last couple of years, I've started writing less silly stuff and more personal things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm. Well, I'm certainly enjoying that a lot more. And like I'm writing things that um, I don't even know if they're funny, but they're meaningful to me. Right. I mean, you you bring that up, and the first thing I think of is the, the monologue. monologue that you did. Yeah. Uh, at a Swedish show a couple months ago, and then you redid it at the monologue show at Fit. Right. I was a Secret Pants show. Okay, Secret Pants. Sorry. Um, where and I'm still not sure if that sketch is funny. right. I don't even right. know if it's funny. There are. Laughs. I don't know if it needs to be funny. There are laughs in it, but yeah. it is a, still a very poignant real good like in the best right way to say the word good and i've been i've been doing this to do that came in so i've been doing it for 12 years i feel like that sketch may have been like the my i feel like that's like the first i finally hit that first step mm-hmm. like that's my sunset tree if there's yeah. if, if there's any mountain goats fans listening i feel like all the years before that were leading up to actually doing something like say having a voice, right. and like one of my major pet peeves about watching, like as an audience member, watching stuff, being very critical, of watching stuff, sketches that just don't say anything. Right. Like not every sketch obviously needs to have a message. Sure. But having a voice in your sketch. Yeah. And having a voice to your show, like a, a voice throughout your show. Beneficial of knowing the writer's point of view. Right. At the end of a sketch. Yeah, having a point of view is... I feel like I finally figured out that I have... 12 years in, I have a point of view. Mm. Um, and this is the only outlet I have to express that point of view with that, really. Um, so I think that's why I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to go. I... I mean, like I said before, I'm a hopefully something will fall in my lap kind of guy, but I'm also realistic to the fact that this isn't, this isn't, I'm not Hollywood material. Character if if actor. anything, I'm a character actor. Right. Um, but like, I'm not getting rich off of this. This yeah. is, this is the, me having a voice in the world that most people, like people you talk to at work, they're like, oh, what do you, what do you do this weekend? Oh, I just, my, my kids played outside and I watched TV. I'm like, all right, well, that sounds like something. I wrote the sketch about I, my I, phone number. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I talked about domestic violence on stage in a funny way. <laughs> and, it, and it broke my heart and I cried on stage every time I do it. But it was meaningful. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the answer to your question. Why do I still do it? I don't know. I mean, the fact that you guys in Secret Pants, the five of you, have been together. I, I think, Sam, you are the, the most recent edition of that five, or. That was like by a couple yeah. weeks. But I'm saying. But I'm, I don't th- I right, like but I'm still Ryan saying, like. At yeah, the same time. I feel like that's about right. Like, the, the people that were at. Going back to that first. So the first meeting versus the piano yeah. bar meeting. Like. Yeah, that was. When we graduated college and a few weeks after okay, we graduated so it, college. So it's not even like no. yeah, saying the most recent doesn't even no. mean. By a couple Ryan weeks. Kelly came in at the same time but yeah. Did. So the people that were actually in that comedy workshop. But you've been working with these five people right. for 12, 13, 13 years, years now, now, which is 13. just bonkers to me because 
this podcast is my longest running project, <laughs> and this is just by myself. But like, I had a sketch group that only lasted nine months. Yeah, and it what flamed out. And, sure. You know, I mean that makes sense. Blew up. Like, that, but you guys have been together. For but it, I feel years. like that's more the norm, right? Than anything else. So like, we're not I, the norm. But I'm trying to figure out how. Well, about six of those years were wasteland years. But you were still doing video. You were still doing yeah. like. We weren't putting out good material. I think hardly anything still holds up. We just kept. We didn't really have anything. Yeah, we were. Yeah, and none of us. Um, here's a question you didn't ask, but I'll give you the answer. Did I take any classes? No. No, right. They classes you, didn't you exist. Took that, that, I took that, that workshop, but that was yeah. school of hard knocks. Yeah, school of hard knocks. But he didn't. It's not like we, he was teaching us anything. You too. guys didn't have. I had Brian Kelly and Paul Trigiani, mm-hmm. and then Kevin Allison. Right. But that worked. Like, tell me that comedy this workshop. Is working, this isn't. This is working. This isn't. Working. We didn't even get that though. Right. The comedy workshop was literally just. All right, we're gonna turn on the the lights, and you guys have free reign Figure to use this. Use the studio space if you want to go off into that room over there and write, or if you want to do this over here, you're welcome to do it. I'm going to go sit over here. Yeah. Uh, like Rob Stoller, him giving us that, that opportunity was huge. But he was the babysitter in the room. Right. Like, like we didn't learn how to put a TV show on. We were given the opportunity to put a TV show on, right? Which is a big difference. Yeah. And, in fact, there was a, one of the last days of class. So he, he said, we're going to put on... Like an SNL type show, and also everyone has to write five minutes of stand up, and we're gonna perform it for each other. Okay. And so for each other, which for, is, yeah. that's the problem. It's like we were the aud- we were the audience, for, and everyone kind of got in a, a line, and you did your thing, and you got oh. off. The it was yeah. That sounds awful. It was awful. <laughs> I've done I've done stand up as myself three times in my life. Okay. I've done fastball as like a variation on stand up. Plenty of times. Right. It, it's a, it, it it's real with, easy it with the mask. Within, it, it works within a stand-up context because it's a character. Yes. And, like, it, that's fine. But like, as myself, woo. <laughs> Yikes. So that, that was the first time. And then my very first time doing real stand-up uh, was at a Helium open mic. Uh, I signed up. Uh, Rob Fioretta, who was also in Secret Pants, encouraged me to do it. He mm. was trying to do his put his hat into the stand-up ring. My very first time... As Helium open mic, I was the first performer. Uh, <laughs> I like, signed up. Was there a host? Like, there was a host. It was Tim Grill. Okay, so there was at least a little bit of... And then he brought me out, and I I kind of just treaded water for five minutes. <laughs> and, then, right, and by five minutes, I mean three minutes. And then I put the microphone back in the stand, <laughs> and I was done. And I tried it one more time, and I'm like, I don't like this. This is mask. not this is not the thing that I'm good at. But <laughs> but I've been on helium stage as fastball. I've done very well as, as fastball. That was a, that was a blast. Now, okay, so now I mean we're just veering off wherever we're going sure. now. You mentioned having a point of view and learning and being more. Would you revisit stand up with this new thought of point of view? Well, and now that I'm more confident, yeah, on stage, yeah, uh, it's a thing I've thought about. Like if. If Secret Pants were to end at some point, which doesn't seem to be the case, we're just going to keep kind of petering because, from Christmas to Christmas. Because I will ask in January, hey, when's the Christmas show? Yeah. When, when are we doing the Christmas show? I, I've i idly thought about doing stand-up again as myself. Um, it's a thing I might revisit. But I've also thought about 
designing women's clothing, <laughs> uh, which is, seems like a more likely scenario because I'm pretty good at sewing. I'm pretty good at like we haven't we haven't even touched that iceberg of, so we'll see. of making stuff. So we'll see Brian on Project Runway before we see <sighs> Brian on Last Comic Stand. I think we've talked about competition before. <laughs> I don't like competition. But you don't want to lose. I don't want to lose, so I would never enter. Okay. We'll do something with lower stakes. Yeah. Oh, stakes. Yeah, it's all about stakes. It's all about relationships. List number seven on the lower stakes project runway. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, no, there's no competition. You're just kind of hanging out. And just, seeing, 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 just seeing what each but, other does. In a way, it is a little bit of a competition. Tim Gunn yeah. randomly shows up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But somebody is always the worst. Yeah. And I, somebody's yeah. Somebody's always the best. <laughs> and, and you and I are the ones in the audience snickering about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Swedish presents their final shows, Swedish fully accredited, at the Philly Improv Theater on November 17th and 18th at 9 p.m. Tickets are available at fitcomedy.com. You should go. I really think you should. Also, Secret Panzel hosts their annual holiday extravaganza at Johnny Brenda's on Friday, December 22nd. More information will be released over the next couple weeks, and tickets will be on sale soon. And it's another show I think you should go to. Next week, during Black Friday Comedy Marathon, you can see me host my game show, The Big Freaking Quiz with Josh Hyam, on Saturday, November 25th at 2.28 p.m. I have six great contestants lined up. Brendan Kennedy, Keen Cobb, Cynthia Marie, Quentin Alexander, Chris Hodge, and Rachel Greenman. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band No-No, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. Here's the thing I forgot to mention. Like uh, one of the th- one of the things that I would, I'm just gonna say it like I'm like you're gonna cut this in. Like one of the things that I would I've learned is that having people to, having people whose opinions you respect, mm-hmm. uh, give you criticism, and being able to take that criticism is probably one of the most important things about sketch comedy. And so like having a group of friends that you respect or whose opinions are are relatively uh, good uh, telling you whether something's good or bad is invaluable.